Welcome to Law for Community Workers on the Go, a series of podcasts designed specifically for community workers, health workers and anyone else who works to support people in their community. This series is brought to you by the Community Legal Education team here at Legal Aid New South Wales and our aim is to help you help your clients. So tune in whenever you can, in the car, on the train, at the gym, cooking dinner, basically wherever you already listen to podcasts. So we hope you enjoy today's episode and that you learn something new and interesting. My name is Natalie. I'm from the Community Legal Education Branch here at Legal Aid New South Wales. And I'm here today with Nicholas Ashby. I'll let Nick introduce himself in a minute, but before we start, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that we are recording on today, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay our respects to elders past and present. There have been some pretty major changes recently to the criminal justice system in New South Wales. And here to talk with us today about these changes is Nick Ashby. So my name's Nick. Um, I'm a solicitor, um, originally from the UK, but now work at Legal Aid New South Wales. Um, and I work um, and represent clients as a defence lawyer um, in our indictable section. So that's representing people on the most serious charges that are being dealt with, usually uh, ultimately in the jurisdiction um, of the district court. Um, oh, I've done this work for a long time. I enjoy the work and I suppose most of all I enjoy um, I enjoy the clients um, is the high point of, um, of, of, of what I do. There's a lot to cover with these changes, so we've split this topic into two parts. This episode, part one, we're going to discuss what's called the early appropriate guilty plea reforms. And in part two, we will discuss changes to sentencing laws in New South Wales. So let's get started and hear from Nick about the early appropriate guilty plea reform. So the, the history of the early appropriate guilty plea reforms, which commenced on the 30th of April this year, 2018, um, is um, a report produced by the Law Reform Commission in 2014. Um, and the main drivers behind this, and, and also to a large extent the sentencing reforms, are the twin problems in New South Wales of the jails being absolutely full to the rafters uh, and secondly for because of the um, significant delays in district court um, matters being finalised. Um, if give you a rough idea, um, matters proceeding to trial in the district court will often take up to two years uh, to reach trial from the date of charge. That could mean someone being in jail all that time. And also when people are in jail but not yet sentenced there's limited access that's to that's right they don't programs. get access don't get access to the programs while they're while they're on remand um and um and even if even if you're awaiting sentence um in the district court you could still be talking about over a year from when you're charged even if you have pleaded guilty in the local court which is the earliest opportunity so the early appropriate guilty plea reforms um are designed to try to address some of those systemic issues So just coming back to that report, Law Reform Commission report also found that 83% of serious matters ended in a guilty plea. That's right. right? 83%. 70% went to trial. Uh, 70% would have gone to trial, but it's the the more, the stark um, statistics are that 
um, 83% of matters that are dealt with on committal. Now, that would be a combination of guilty pleas in the local court and the district court, but the point is that the overwhelming majority of matters um, do not proceed by way of trial, um, and in fact, it's something um, in the region of um, two-thirds of matters that are committed for trial but also results in guilty pleas often as late as the first day of trial so that's the scenario where somebody's been in jail for two years um, or thereabouts and often uh, if they plead guilty at that late stage receiving sentences which mean they've they get released immediately um, which means that they could um, you know have benefited significantly from the opportunity to plead guilty earlier in the process. And also, those guilty pleas at that 11th hour, the witnesses and victims would have been expecting a trial and stressed about that, and also the court would have put aside perhaps weeks for that trial. That's Is right. That how it works? Yeah. Well, that's right. So, so obviously the interests of victims um, and the law requires victims to be involved in the consultation process if pleas are being negotiated. Um, the prosecution lawyers have to consult with victims, but it's a stress on both parties. It's not mm. just for the person yeah. who is perhaps languishing in jail. Mm. Um, they may be found not guilty. Uh, and imagine how you'd feel after two years uh, of time in jail if ultimately the case against you uh, results in an acquittal. Um, so, you know, there's there's stress on both sides, stress on the victim, stress on the accused, um, just because of the delays. Uh, and Natalie, as you rightly pointed out, for someone who is in custody, just on remand, not a not serving. Um, they don't get access to the programs, the rehabilitation programs, which are all important in trying to reintegrate um, these parties in, back into the community. And this is for serious matters. We're serious matters, about, not um, matters that would have been finished in the local court. That's then. right. That's right. So these are matters that are um, what we call strictly indictable. So the most serious what charges. Are some examples. So, for example, murder or serious sexual assaults or robberies and. Um, aggravated break and enters, things like that, um, or matters where that um, what we call table offences that could um, be dealt with in the local court or the district court. But if the DPP, that's the um, Office of the Director of Public Prosecutions, consider that a person would receive a sentence in excess of the local court maximum, so that's two years or more, then the, then they have the prerogative to elect to be tried in the district court jurisdiction. So those types of those most serious matters are the cases that proceed by way of a committal to the district court. When you say in the district court, that means either if someone's pleaded guilty, they're sentenced in the district court, or if they plead not guilty, it's a trial it's a with trial. a jury. Yeah, so those are the two options. So essentially, the magistrate would commit a person either for sentence, so that person has effectively pleaded guilty in the local court. Um, the um, DPP um, consider that it's worth two years or more, or it's a strictly indictable offence, in which case the magistrate commits the um, defendant or the uh, offender by that stage, having pleaded guilty, to the um, jurisdiction of the district court for a judge to sentence that person. That doesn't mean they're going to get two years jail or more. I stress that, but it's just that that preliminary um, consideration has been undertaken. Um, or the other option is the matter is committed for trial, so no plea is indicated in the local court. Um, so if a person wants to effectively plead not guilty and defend the matter at trial, then the magistrate commits that person to the district court for a trial, usually in front of a jury, but it could be in front of a judge. Yeah, and that word committal is a bit confusing in this process because the, the word committal is still there, but the committal hearing that people might be familiar with 
at Jane existing. That's right. That power of the magistrate to discharge the proceedings has gone um, for any matters that are charged after the 30th of April 2018. Um, the word committal has been retained, um, largely because that's what the legislation says. Um, but essentially, it's a transfer of the proceedings from the local court to the district court, whether that be for trial or sentence. Um, and it's essentially um, proceedings that are now um, based on the decision of the prosecution, what charges are to proceed um, as part of the early guilty plea process, part of what we call charge certification. So just to be clear, committal hearings for serious criminal matters is something that has been abolished, so they won't be happening anymore. Okay, so coming back to the, the beginning of these new changes, so now there's um, a requirement for police to give a brief of evidence earlier, is that well, right no, way to say it, slight, slight procedural <laughs> change. In the, in the old days, the, um, the serious charges that were going to be committed to the district court, they would essentially be mentioned um, in the local court. And after that first appearance, maybe a bail application, something like that, the case would be adjourned for the um, Office of the Director of Public Prosecutions to take over. And the ODPP, they're responsible for prosecuting matters in the district court. Now what will happen under early guilty pleas is the police will prepare a brief and they will keep the case essentially until the brief is prepared um, and then the case will be adjourned for a DPP lawyer, that's a senior lawyer, so that's a, someone like a trial advocate, someone who could prosecute a trial in the district court or a crown prosecutor, the very senior lawyers, um, senior advocates or even a senior managing lawyer. Um, working at the office for the DPP will make a decision about what charges are to proceed to trial um, and what charges they believe that they can prove based on the evidence prepared by the police. But that decision is being made in the jurisdiction of the local court, so at an early stage. That's the big change um, under the um, historic process. Um, very often the senior lawyers with that decision-making function wouldn't wouldn't even receive the brief until two or three weeks out from the trial. Okay, so changes are happening for the way the Office of the DPP are doing their job. And here at Legal Aid, we've made some changes too. For people charged with serious criminal matters, as far as possible, they will have the same lawyer assisting them throughout their matter. Now we're going to hear from Nick about one of the most important things you as community workers need to know about. It's about the new case conferences and your role in supporting people. So as part of the procedure that now happens before the case is committed to the district court, um, the changes to the legislation require that there is a case conference. By that we mean a essentially a meeting, um, whether it, it's more likely than not to be by um, audiovisual link. Um, but um, essentially that conference will be a discussion between the prosecution lawyers and the defence lawyers um, with the client being available um, during the conference itself to provide instructions, whether that be um, at the end of a phone or by video link with the jail if they're on remand uh, or if they're there in person, whether they come to the office. But essentially these are discussions which are meant to mirror um, the discussions which have historically taken place on the first day of trial when a, a significant percentage of matters um, 
are resolved by way of changes to the charges. Um, but as we say, that's that can be after someone's been in jail for two years um, already. And the defence lawyer has to organise for a support person or well, interpreter if they're needed, is that correct? The, 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 the prosecution role is to certify the charge, yeah. then the responsibility passes to the defence. Now the defence have to organise the case conference, have to organise the, um, it may be a booking at the Legal Aid Case Conferencing Hub, which is a facility being built um, at the Legal Aid Head Office in Central Sydney, um, but will essentially have to tell the court um, the date of the anticipated case conference. We'll need to book um, the video link requirements from the jail. Um, the DPP lawyers are also likely to attend those case conferences by video link and the technology will be available for that to take place. Um, and obviously the defence will also be responsible for organising for the accused to be available and if that accused um, person needs a support worker then to make contact with that person and arrange for that person to be present. Um, most likely um, in, those, in that context probably someone on bail um, so the support worker can be physically present with um, the accused during the conference process um, even if sitting separately perhaps in a in a breakout room um, such as the um, facility that's being designed and built at, at, at Central Sydney. Do you want to explain a bit about these uh, sentencing discounts? Sure, so this is another big change. Yeah. So the case conference is meant to um, facilitate negotiations. Um, but the other big stick um, for the defence to bear in mind is that if... It's a um, stick, not a carrot. <laughs> well, what a, I suppose it depends on your point of view. But um, if a person essentially... Well, the, the, the basic principle is if a person pleads guilty in criminal proceedings, the earlier that guilty plea is entered, and this isn't really a change in the law, um, then they will receive a discount. Judges have always given people discounts on their jail sentences for pleading guilty. But these discounts have now been put into legislation so that they, they'll be applied more consistently. Now, if someone pleads guilty at an early stage, so that means like in the local court, they will get a discount of 25% or a quarter off their sentence. If they wait until closer to the trial to plead guilty, the discount reduces to 10%. If someone decides to plead guilty on the day of the trial or even a couple of weeks before the trial, the discount that they'll get in the new laws is 5%. So as you can see, these reforms are trying to incentivize people to plead guilty earlier. Hence the name of the reforms, the Early Appropriate Guilty Plea Reforms. Broadly speaking, um, community workers who are um, speaking to people who are charged with criminal offences need to understand that if those are proceedings which are going to be committed to the district court they need to talk to their lawyer about the um, sentencing discount rules that will apply. And we should clarify that this applies to New South Wales crimes and also to Commonwealth crimes. So well the, like, the right? case conferencing process yes. applies to both state and Commonwealth proceedings but the statutory discounts right. don't apply to the Commonwealth um, matters because they essentially have their own um, sentencing discount regime. Right. Um, but if you're charged with the Commonwealth offence, so if you're charged with a drugs importation, mm -hmm. something like that, then you will be required to go through the mandatory case conferencing process. Right. 
And these early appropriate guilty plea reforms also apply to young people? They 18? do if they are charged with a um, children's serious indictable offence. Um, there's some qualifications around the um, age um, that those apply to, but that's I won't go into too much technical yeah. detail. Um, but essentially, yes, they do. Uh, the, the case conferencing process does apply to children's court serious indictable offences, um, but the sentencing discount scheme um, doesn't in certain circumstances. But as I say, the important thing, I think, the important message to take away is that if a young person is facing one of those sorts of charges, the very serious charges that must be dealt with in the district court jurisdiction, then there will be a case conferencing process they will have to engage in. Um, so their lawyers will want essentially to know what their instructions are. It's an obligation on defence lawyers to take instructions. And in fact, defence lawyers are going to have to sign a declaration um, on a document called a case conference certificate to the effect that they have given their client advice about sentencing discounts um, and about the sorts of penalties that they may be facing um, depending on when they plead guilty or if they're found guilty after a trial um, in the proceedings. So just to summarise, I guess there's some quite major changes to the processes in New South Wales for That's serious right. criminal matters. So there are these mandatory case conferences, um, these discounts, and they are more certain. Yes, it's, it, it, yes, that's that's right, Natalie. The um, I suppose the message to take away is that um, if um, if a listener is approached by a client who is represented by a legal aid lawyer um, or a private lawyer under a grant of legal aid and is working their way towards a committal, then they will be required to go through the case conference process. There is a difference um, if a um, if an accused person is not represented, if for whatever reason they um, decide that they want to represent themselves in the context of the proceedings, then the case conferencing process doesn't doesn't apply. Um, there's no obligation to go through a case conference, but the um, the uh, sentencing discount regime, so that's those reduced sentencing discount for guilty pleas to reflect the what we call the utilitarian value of a guilty plea that does apply. So even if you're unrepresented, your case is committed for trial and you then decide that you want to either instruct a lawyer or represent yourself and plead guilty, um, then you will be subject to the reduced sentencing discounts um, even if you were unrepresented in the local court. So now if someone is charged with a serious offence and the judge thinks that warrants something like, let's say, four years jail, if they pleaded guilty to that charge in the local court, then they the judge has to give them three well, years in jail that's instead right. of four. That's how it works. Um, it's a bit more complicated than yeah. that, um, but essentially that's right. If you if 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 you went to trial, let's just say on a on an aggravated break and enter charge, uh, and the jury found you guilty after hearing all the evidence, and the judge at that stage would have in mind a sentence, a head sentence. Um, that's a, a, the total sentence of four years jail, um, had the accused pleaded guilty in the local court and received the full 25% discount, then the judge should um, have in mind a sentence 25% less than the four years. So in other words, a head sentence of three years um, and then an appropriate non-parole period less than that. So it's meant to incentivize the person that is going to plead guilty doing so 
earlier in the process. And there are other benefits as well um, to people pleading guilty. I mean, most obvious being that um, that a person will know their fate, will know the um, outcome earlier in the piece. And if they're in jail um, and they're going to get a jail sentence, then of course they can engage in um, the appropriate programs that may facilitate their release on parole. You know, there are there are many benefits, um, and the system is designed to um, limit the scope to which a person who leaves um, the decision to plead guilty to the very last minute can benefit from any sort of sentencing discount. Yeah, so that's one that Thanks so much for that. Um, we're going to be talking about changes to sentencing laws in New South Wales sure. in our next podcast. So thank you for joining us today and we will see you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in. Law for Community Workers On The Go is brought to you by Legal Aid New South Wales. Our aim is to help community workers, health workers and anyone else who works to support people in their community know about the laws that affect their clients and the services that are out there that can best help. Now there's really only one way we can make sure that that information is relevant and helpful to your work and that's with your help. So if you have any feedback for us or maybe your clients keep asking you the same thing and you just want to know more about that topic then please get in touch with us. Uh, the email address is cle at legalaid.newsouthwales.gov.au. Make sure you follow our podcast channel on either iTunes or the Podbean app. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our Law for Community Worker alerts to find out what webinars and podcasts are coming up. You can subscribe to our alerts by going to the Legal Aid New South Wales website, hitting the tab News and Media, and then just follow the links. Until next time, thanks again from the CLE branch here at Legal Aid New South Wales.